and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies. And then we, we have new opinions that we share with new listeners and also old listeners. Uh, my <laughs> name is Robbie Anderson. I'm trying to bring, bring, the, bring the heat today, bring the energy. A lot of times I sound like I'm really sleepy and that's just because I am and I still am. I'm going <laughs> to pretend that I'm not. Uh, the uh, the voice you hear laughing at my lame jokes is is none other than Diana Demuro. How are you? Heyo, how's it going? Heyo, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, before we get into get into the new movie that we're going to talk about, I just want everyone to know this is not the only podcast that we do. If you're just listening for the first time, we do way more shit, and you can go on storiesandbeacon.com to to find our other shit. Uh, wherever you found this shit, there's probably a laundry list of shit under it. That has my name on it, saying weird stuff. And other people's <laughs> names on it, saying weird stuff. Ain't so that the truth. That. <laughs> we have a movie theater. It's not open at the moment, but you know what's attached to the movie theater? A booze hall, also known as a bar. It's wonderful. What does that mean? Only one way to find out. Go on our website, find out more shit about us. But now that we have you here, let's talk about the new movie. Um, Diana, I forgot. What's the movie we're talking about again? <sighs> It's a mouthful. It's a uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. That's the Black Messiah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it's on HBO Max. It's it's a new joint. It's uh, <clears throat> it's not a bio. It's not a biopic. Is it a biopic? Uh, I mean it. it it's based in. It is. It's uh. Yes. Well, it's historical fiction documentary sort of. It's like it's based on real yeah. people. It is. It is based on real people. It's based on real people. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, directed by uh, Shaka King, uh, written by him as well as Will Burson. Um, It's about uh, Fred Hampton, the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, and how he was uh, assassinated by the FBI. (laughs) Um, But then also, uh, the movie very much focuses on uh, Fred Hampton, played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays Bill O'Neill, who is kind of a uh, informant. An informant for the yeah. FBI, who is who is infiltrating the Black Panther Party, and he is fighting for his soul, and he loses. Uh, <laughs> I know it's rough. If you guys don't know how history worked. Yeah. yeah so this movie is uh, well. You know, before I I tell you my hot take, hot take D, what's what's yours? What's your hot take? This movie, this movie? is sad, but it was very good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bummer. It's it is sad, like many a pic depicting people during the civil rights movement and other yeah. people of worth that got assassinated. So it you know, it's got that vibe where you're sort of like, uh oh, something's gonna happen and it's not gonna be good. But yeah, it was very good. Lucky Stanfield, Daniel Kaluuya, they're good. And they're good. Uh, Mr. Jesse Plemons, good. He's good. Always good at playing a fucking creepy. Yeah, guy. <laughs> always, always good at playing somebody who is a little nice, but mostly not, nice not good. Yeah, um, not nice enough. Yeah, and I would say like the other. There's some good people in this movie, definitely, but uh, I would say the other main character is the woman that is. Daniel Kaluuya's counterpart, uh, she plays kind of like the girlfriend slash fiance of Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. Dominique Fishbeck, I think, 
You got it. And yeah, she plays uh, Deborah Johnson. She's very good too. I li- I liked her yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you know everyone in the movie is pretty is pretty awesome. Uh, I I do think you know the mark of like I think a good biopic is when you kind of um, <clears throat> forget that the big name actors are playing their historical counterparts. And right. I, and I do think you know Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield uh, reunited again after Get Out. Yeah. Um, uh, Lakeith doing a little bit more than he did in that movie, and yeah. Daniel Kaluuya maybe doing a little bit less. I don't know. Yeah, like screen time. Lakeith is really good. Roof, I know. I I feel like yeah. even though even though Daniel Kaluuya is playing Fred Hampton, who is like the person of note. This is this movie's more about Bill O'Neill. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, the, Ju- the Judas good. Of, the, of the Black Messiah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like that. The The title is kind of like all the framing device you kind of like need for the movie and to see it like kind of all come together. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, they're both they're both so good. And so like transcendent of their, you know, uh, other personas you've seen. And I, I remember thinking Lakeith's uh, performance. I was like, oh, I really like it. Um, but there's a moment where the, the movie kind of shows you what the the real they they almost like a black Klansman they they splice in a little bit of oh, documentary yeah. in there yep and uh, in that moment I was like oh he's really nailing it yeah like, he really is like nailing it yeah you know? yeah when they they um, do show some some photos and some video footage exactly you're just like ah yeah <laughs> yes uh, black Klansman is a movie that was on my mind I was watching it just because of the nature of like it being kind of an infiltration movie uh surrounding like civil rights um seeing a character of color kind of like maybe do slightly unsavory things you know yeah um yeah that was like on my mind and then also like the the movies uh interweaving between like real footage and <clears throat> you know uh filmed with the film that's that fictional footage Real footage. I'm not really sure what the word for that is. I know. But you know it's sort I mean. of like historical fiction because you. It's not a documentary. It's like a reenactment, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> not quite. Yeah, and I think one of the things about biopics that sometimes takes takes me out of it is like, uh, and I said it on other podcasts before. It's just like, did they really say that? Did they really have this conversation, or is this embellished for 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 interest? And of course. There are things in this movie that I'm sure were uh, are, are theorized conversations, right. not like real conversations. But I, it never, my mind never even like questioned it. Like to me, it, it felt as real as it could be. I was so invested in the drama, and I, and I think another really cool thing about this movie is is just like you know, it's really not a slow burn at all. Like I I thought its two hour runtime like flew by. I was yeah. so invested in it the entire time. Yeah. No. There's definitely. Um and considering like the history of Fred Hampton that he's in jail for a good chunk of time you're like oh yeah. wait there's still like a lot going on even during the time period when he's supposed to be behind bars so yeah, yeah. it's very engaging and there's there's some good um one of the one of the smaller characters was also in Detroit with Jesse Plemons, so I thought that was interesting. They weren't necessarily in scenes together in Detroit, but um, I was kind of like, oh, another another movie where Jesse Plemons is playing kind of a bad white cop <laughs> in, in like raci- yeah. racial injustice. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there was some one of those 
actors who was the like who was one of the the younger people in in the black panthers and we can get into that in spoiler time but he, he was also sure. very good yeah i really i i really think everyone in the movie is good is is this do you know is this like technically a 2019 movie that got pushed like or is this a 2020 released movie uh that's a good question i'm not entirely sure i think it was meant to come out in 2020 i think um right and now it's and then i think it was supposed yeah i think it was supposed to come out probably for award season in the theater and then it got pushed out yeah because i just wonder if it'd be eligible for any awards for this coming oscars i know i feel like i don't know i feel like it might be but i don't know i don't know yeah if it is i hope it wins yes everything (laughs) i'm also like shaka king you're a good director and then i looked up his his like filmography and i was like this is only like your third movie (laughs) and it's and it's really good yeah like you know from a from like a structural standpoint like the movie looks fucking fresh it looks good the lighting is is magnificent and unbelievable at times it's so good um i feel like i really like the score in this movie yeah the score is Uh, really good and i wanted to look that up on a vinyl Gimme. I wanted to look that up actually because the music was very good. Um, yeah. All right. I think I tried to look it up the other day. I don't know if I could find much about who did the score. Let's see. So but I didn't check IMDb. So, so uh, on IMDb, one of the the main composer is Mark Isham, who has done okay. the likes of Crash. Uh, he did Forty Two. Which I haven't seen, but I am assuming has good music. And he's done a bunch yeah. of, uh, he's done a lot of TV scoring. He's done Argo. I'm trying to see what yeah. else we might have seen. He's done, he's done a decent amount, but he's done like a lot of like smaller movies and TV scoring. Yeah. I mean, this movie has kind of like a, a discordant, you know, jazz. Yeah. You know, score with some, you know, there, there's a soundtrack as well. I can't remember too many of those songs off the top of my dome, but. Yeah. No, it, um, it, it, yeah, it, it really definitely had some good music, though, as far as, like, whoever was picking well-known songs that were in it. It definitely had some good good music in there. Yeah. Yeah, really, uh, really blew me away. Had a really good time watching it. Also, a really bad time watching it because it's so serious. Yes. Um, yeah. I think without yeah. without knowing too much about the Black Panther specifically in Chicago, it was cool to see how much this person that Daniel Kaluuya was playing did to try and unite people. And then to see that kind of struggle between Bill O'Neill and Keith Stanfield being like, well, actually, he's doing a lot of good stuff. And the FBI is just like, no, you need to find things to show that he's bad. (laughs) And you're just like, no, he's like serving hungry kids breakfast and getting the yeah, gang he's like made a food hall for yeah. children like, he's like getting all the like good. the gangs to work together to su- serve food to the elderly and you're just like what the stop it yeah. well you know the movie really focuses on um and, and you know i don't think this is a spoiler because it's, it's the time period but yeah. like, you know the fbi and the american government were really afraid of like socialism and the rise of marxism and like they yeah, really, uh, just fucking murdered these people illegally because, um, 
they're a bunch of fascists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just not very good. I thought this movie was interesting to watch, like, um, soon after having seen uh, One Night in Miami. That's which true. Which is a, a uh, fictional account of a real-life meeting right. that happened. But I do think it was, like, you know, kind of interesting, like, seeing this movie and having them talk about, like, this takes place after the assassination of, like, Malcolm X and right. Martin Luther King. And yeah. It was it was just interesting to see like it, not that this movie felt like a sequel to it or anything, but the companionship of the two pieces I thought were very interesting. Having seen them, so having seen them for me so close together, I know, and I and I feel like um, you know just a lot of these films coming out now and still mm. being so relevant now to all of yeah. the protests that are happening to Black Lives Matter to like police brutality, like all this stuff continuing it's it's just like ah you know like there's yeah it's a lot yeah there's a lot of relevance and i think that that's good because it helps people connect with stuff that they maybe wouldn't automatically you know it's like yeah i mean i think some of the things that these movies that are that are really discussing like the black panthers and and people and activists of that time and one of the things that really are surprising to me is is just learning how like into socialism they were and and now like you know i think our age demographic like like you know our generation is very into like the idea of democratic socialism like a lot of people in our age demographic demographic like wanted bernie sanders to be president so you know there's they're into like some level of so so you know socialism becoming like kind of almost like mainstream right in, in a certain way like there's a lot bigger of a desire for it maybe not like full-blown socialism but like democratic socialism and it's and it's you know for me <clears throat> growing up like the black panthers at school taught you you know some teachers might even call them a terrorist group yeah which is not accurate you know no i think but, i think they were pushed as a lot more militant and malcolm x was yeah. always pushed as a lot more militant in american history than as opposed to Martin Luther King. So, right. but if anything, they're really talked about as, you know, they're fighting for, for black rights, which is like, yes, they are. Yeah. But also they're talking about how capitalism is just a system that doesn't work. And I feel like that never gets discussed yes. in any high school history class. Yeah. And I kind of like the, um, I can't remember if it was one of Fred Hampton's speeches in the movie or if it's an interview but it's sort of like this like thing that gets quoted quite a bit. And uh, Mike and I were talking about it and he was saying that the part that gets left off when people quote from it is that he says something to the effect like the opposite of capitalism is, is socialism or is like something along those lines. And he's like that, like the first part of that speech gets quoted a lot. And then that part usually yeah. gets left off because people are like, I don't want I don't want to be seen as a socialist, you know, so which is interesting. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, it was something they made so so scary that if you were to identify as it, you could be, get murdered. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even now, like, I think a lot of people, you know, if you want to be more uh, capitalistic as opposed to into socialism, like, you know, that could be a conversation. But there was a time that that wasn't a conversation. It was like, oh, you don't fuck with this. Right. Well, how do you feel about dying? It's like, yeah. not great, dad. Not great, dad. I don't know. <laughs> not amazing about it. Yeah. But yeah, it was things, I mean, even until I was in college, I didn't know a ton about socialism. And, and then now seeing a lot of these movies come out and, you know, being 
someone who's getting educated by cinema and like, you know, albeit seeing it from a one point of view, it's a point of view that I find very uh influencing and, and important and and valid, you know, yeah. like I Plus cinema's like a good uh, way you know. to open that up for discussion and to open that up for okay, now you've got a little taste for this and you're curious, so maybe you'll go read more things yeah. that weren't offered to you in a high school history class. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, even even <laughs> myself today, and, you know, probably just in preparation for the cast, like, you know, I just did some light Wikipediaing on totally. Fred Hampton and Bill O'Neill. And, uh, you know, as far as Wikipedia goes, this movie uh, actually seems very accurate accurate to what their what their lives were like and what that yeah. intersection of their lives were like you know right yeah so i think that makes it even more impressive i think you know also when biopics like you know there, i don't think there's anything they really needed to fluff or embellish you know to be like oh this is the more interesting part it's just it seems like their lives were very interesting these people yeah. you know and like this was a very interesting time that they they seem to have captured on film um i don't want to say fairly easily but but fairly like you know like yeah, no, it was like this. This is like what happened. I know. Any much, any know? kind of behind the curtain of somebody being undercover and then at the same time, like some kind of conspiracy and then it actually involving the government is like, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm there for that. Fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, it just makes me think about like, you know, just the movies that. Uh, like you know movies about the fbi being this force of like you know like we talk about like marvel movies a lot and like you know shield is supposed to be like fbi on steroids right and then even in the marvel movies you find out that shields run by like hydra right right it's like you know there's there's like weird parallel i mean obviously because like one is very fictionalized but even even in the most mainstream of mainstream there's some level of like you know, even the Marvel movies aren't being like, well, the FBI is really good all the time. It's like, no, there usually is not great. <laughs> things I know. They do, I mean, you know? not to be like spoiler territory, but like just like showing scary Martin Sheen after I just watched all of the West Wing again recently, like mm-hmm. as J. Edgar Hoover. And he's like being blatantly racist and terrifying and you're just yeah. like ah, you were in charge so it was so it was like this yeah <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so you're just like scary man <laughs> yeah and it's just you know it sucks that watching a movie like like judas and the black messiah doesn't you know it, it doesn't make you feel like oh this is so long ago and like this is a story from the past and we've come so far it's like no yeah. this is a long time ago shit we didn't we haven't done enough no since then, yeah you know? it's continuing and it will continue and yeah 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 keep on well you know i think that uh we we squeezed the juice out of the spoiler free discussion uh d i don't want to speak for you but i think it's safe to say that we both recommend seeing this movie oh yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, it's very good if you have HBO Max. Um, and if you don't, what, just you, what are you going to watch? Get a free trial. <laughs> yeah, just use your nice free week. You know, Snyder, uh, Snyder, I almost said Snyder Vision, which is not. <laughs> <laughs> Snyder Vision. Snyder Vision. Welcome uh, to Snyder Vision. Um, I would watch that, whatever, whatever monstrosity that is. <laughs> um, yeah, Snyder Cut comes out. I think next week or the week this is posting. I actually have no fucking idea. Yeah, no. Um, 
But while you're watching, you know, four hours of whatever the fuck that's going to be, <laughs> uh, you can watch you can watch this too. Oh man, maybe we could. Did you read? Did you read the article about like uh, they did an interview with him, kind of just talking about like what happened more into like getting really his perspective on like because everyone knows like you know he left there was there was trouble on set making that movie from him in the right. studio and then his his daughter passed away and that really kind of gave him and his wife the push of like all right i think we're we gotta go yeah you know, we gotta be done and just like just hearing him talk about that movie is just so like it i want it to be good because he just he seems like a nice dude he's i i don't agree with a lot of his directing choices in yeah general. but he seems like a genuine dude who's trying to, to to do a thing and and i think that movie you know for better or for worse being his sole vision like i can really respect his sole snyder vision but <laughs> uh i don't know what that fucking movie's gonna be like snyder vision crazy yeah yeah we'll see crazy we'll see you see the picture where they put the 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 the, the crown of uh, horns on the Joker? Yeah, I don't want that. Joker and the Messiah. <laughs> oh, thank Jokester you. Joker and the and the Messiah. No. Yeah, no. And the Super Messiah. I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna go into spoilers. We'll see if I bring up the Snyder Cut again or the Joker. <laughs> you know you will. Spoilers for that. Spoilers for that. I will. All right, we'll be right back with spoilers for Judas and the Black Messiah. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Welcome back to Hot Takes, where we're talking about spoilies for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Can I spoil history? Only if you don't know about it. True. Ignorance. True. (laughs) Ignorance is bliss? Question mark. I don't know. Um, so yeah, you know, always an interesting time getting into spoilies for a movie that is historically based, but I think we'll find our way. Yeah. Um, what, what were some <clears throat> standout specific moments that, that really, uh, affected you? Dude? I mean, just even, uh, just kind of Lakeith Stanfield's intro of how he becomes involved, like how he becomes an informant i found that really interesting and also sad because you realize he's kind of he's kind of fucked so he's either going to jail for a long long time or he's given this window to you know inform on people that he doesn't know and he's sort of like okay i'll do it and then as he's getting to know them realizing they're actually good people and they're doing good things and he's becoming friends with them whether or not he ever identified with any of the beliefs of the black party black panther party he you know yeah. he goes into it as sort of just like a regular guy being like yeah i know about malcolm x but i mean i was a little sad like he's being like a very honest normal run-of-the-mill not that politicized person in the beginning of the movie and then yeah you kind of see like just through his own scheming and fuck-ups that he gets caught and you know yeah the beginning of the movie i was like jesus (laughs) yeah the beginning of of the movie just seeing him kind of you know start off as this quote-unquote career criminal that that sequence is also really good and a really good way to just start off this movie like very like fast-paced kick-ass it's a really good hook yeah um but yeah i really you know 
as as the scenes, you know, kind of like checkpoints throughout the movie scenes where he's meeting up with uh, Roy, Jesse Plemons character and, and kind of like getting the next assignments or debriefing and they're meeting or getting money for for doing his <clears throat> shady business. Right. And kind of seeing him become more and more unhinged as his kind of like personality is getting really kind of like divided into, you know, yeah. like him kind of really having uh, when he's with like the Black Panthers, he seems to, you know, really play it one way. And and like, you know, there's there's a little bit of him being genuine, a little bit of like when he's really faking it, he's really hamming it up. He's not yeah. good at it. And then right. when he's with Roy, like he's really kind of like he almost seems like he's manic. He you know? is because you, you kind of see that legitimate fear that other police officers or other FBI agents are not going to know that he's undercover. And he's really worried that he's going to get gunned down at any second because he's like prime. He becomes the security person and like main driver for Fred Hampton. So he is linked to this guy that they're trying to get to. And yeah, there is no guarantee that he's going to come out safely but then there's always that threat yeah. of throwing him in jail if he leaves. So he kind of can't just tur- tuck and run. He's kind of screwed either way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, yeah, he played it very, very well. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, and like seeing him, seeing the real uh, Bill O'Neill at the end of the movie talking, like, it, it really just kind of like further reiterate it's just like oh like he's like really like he did i mentioned it in the spoiler free section but yeah it's really at the end of the movie that they're kind of like oh wow he really he really nailed it and then you find out that that dude killed himself after pbs um put the documentary out i know about the whole thing i know because he probably finally came clean totally about the extent of his involvement and yeah. I, I can't imagine living with that kind of guilt for that many years because they say, I mean, I don't, how old is Daniel Kluwa in real life? But in in history, Fred Hampton the, died when he was 21. He's so 21, young. Yeah. Right? So that's, I was. That's crazy when they talk so about I, that. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy that he was able to accomplish that much before turning 21, in my mind. Like to well, be. you know, imagine, imagine what he would have done. Yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't murdered yeah. by these people, you know. Yeah. And then Bill O'Neill, in reality, committed suicide when he was only 40 so it's like yeah yeah uh, it's like 1990 i think yeah yeah it's uh it's really sad and even like you know reading the wikipedia bit and again like i'm not saying you know not to uh say that the wikipedia info is always the most factual but just like you know it really it did seem like even the way that they uh, infiltrated the house in that last few scene when they when yeah. they assassinated him like seemed pretty accurate to what happened even down to like the quotes yeah um it's just it's just fucking horrendous you know and just makes you really question if there's any justice in this world if you if you hadn't questioned it already right yeah because you're sort of um you know there's no guarantee that someone would receive a fair trial even if they were arrested over being murdered, you know? So it's the fact that he got thrown in jail on a bogus charge of, like, stealing ice cream and giving it to some kids outside a store or something like that, you know? Like, and then he got thrown in jail for multiple years. And then I I found that really 
upsetting when it's like that's sort of the glimmer of hope for Bill O'Neill is that he's like, oh, he's going to jail. You got what you wanted. He's going to jail, you know, and he's not going to get murdered. <laughs> they're just yeah. like, they're just like, he's going to jail. FBI got what they wanted. I'm getting out of this. And then they're like, no, yeah. we want to kill him. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck, yeah. man. Just it's what? No. <laughs> you're like, even him yeah. being in jail isn't the right thing. So you're like, what? What? No. So, Yeah. And to kind of see Jesse Plemons in those brief scenes where you can tell, even though his character is not good, he's still struggling with that, where he also was like, he's going to jail. That's what you guys wanted. That should be the end of it. You know, like that kind of uh, that awkward conversation with Hoover about like, oh, what what are you going to do when your daughter brings home? a black man and he's like what yeah why are we talking about this what do you mean (laughs) yeah yeah (sighs) yeah i mean the movie is just it's a serious it's heavy and like you know it's and even seeing like lakeith's character seeing bill o'neill like you know he's he's struggling he's manic by the end of the movie i don't think you're meant to have sympathy for him you're kind of just meant to to see what happened yeah but uh you know at, at the same time he's he's doing this to also try and escape like he's just in another form of of like servitude he is, to yeah. you know the fbi you know he's just as trapped as ever exactly you know? if you want like you know him going to prison it's like would that have been him getting the five years or what is it like five yeah it was like six years yeah he was, he was gonna get it's like well, was that that much worse than doing this shit? You I mean, know, that's like... probably a question that the real life Bill O'Neill asked himself. Was that better or worse? Yeah. I don't know. Right. You know, it's it's hard to imagine. And then having, um, you know, some of these other characters where like that whole sequence where they're there's like the the male and female Black Panther like shooting out the windows of that. Yeah. apartment and then you're just like why are you doing this you're gonna die you're all gonna die you are totally yeah. I mean, outnumbered I, I, <laughs> it's like, I like that they they didn't like make the black panthers also seem like they never did anything sure wrong oh right? no when i do i do think by the end of the movie like you know i i think the fbi and the police force uh did far worse things yeah right in the movie and i think in real life but I do like that they didn't like you know make the Black Panther seem like they never did anything wrong or acted kind of uh, spontaneous or like you know it usually would be like individual members would act super spontaneously and and be- out of because they've been suppressed for so long like, right. oppressed for so long yeah um, but but then get like you know the is the scene where um, Bill O'Neill has like the car full of C four and he's like all right we're gonna you know blow this stuff up and then. Fred Hampton's just like, um, what are you if we nuts? blow them up, they're going to blow us up. You know, yeah. and like they're going to do, like, they're always going to up the ante. And you see that in the movie. Like, if they do one thing that's like, all right, that's pretty fucked up, guys. Like, the the cops and the FBI just, like, retaliate so much harder. I know. They just, just like, like they fucking... burned the whole place down. And then, like, yeah. that whole, <clears throat> I, I I liked seeing that whole sequence of that place getting rebuilt. And seeing Bill O'Neill yeah. be so instrumental in that, that you're sort of like, oh, is he gonna, is he gonna just be like, fuck the police, I'm a Black Panther now? And then you're still like, no, 
he's still gonna try and well, save he, himself. You know, and you're like, ah. I mean, that's the thing because because that's not really an option. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Because the thing is, at this at this point, he's doing it for so long that if he is like, all right, I'm a you know, I'm gonna come clean and tell the Black Panthers what's going on, they're gonna be like, you're a fucking snitch. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kill you. <laughs> like, what the fuck do you think? You know. Yeah. We're going to boil your dick off and throw you in the ocean. Like, we're not, like, it's not happening. But then the crazy part of that was that that guy was also an FBI informant. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just like, oh, awful. All of it. I mean, he, he, he put himself in a position that's just, there is no getting out of. And I think he realized it too late. And also, you know, by the end of the movie, you learn his age. Right. You're like, yeah. I mean, he's present. You know, he's he's a kid who's presented with like, all right, you about to get six years of jail time, or you can do this. It's like, all right, well, yeah, that is very I true. I don't know any better. You know, like I know that is pretty scary. And I sometimes, you know, I would say like these two actors did such an excellent job. And then on the other hand. I always think it would be interesting if they tried harder to cast people that are the actual age, you know, of those people when they're doing these kind of historical things. Because I think sometimes the gravity of realizing that somebody was just a kid and they don't have everything figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have made some, like, actions that you're seeing the characters doing in this movie, which are based off real life land a little bit heavier the movie's already heavy as fuck right but like you know if you had the gravity of them being like you know these dudes are you know especially when like the the height of things happening it's like these dudes are 18 19 years old right you know yeah especially like seeing like you know even reading up on on fred hampton and like how involved he was just in high school and advocating for more people of color uh in um uh, faculty roles at his school, you know, right. and like doing protests there, and like you know, he he was gonna be like, he he was a born like leader, you right. know, and he was able to like unite so many people more than than anything negative that he could have been accused of, and it's just you know, it's just you know, just seeing all you know, he as he said in the movie, you know, he died for the people, or he wanted to die for the people, and like right. That's that's this messiah angle that they right. that they're painting him in in the film, <clears throat> but you know just just him being in a long line of of black advocates in the civil rights movement who were trying to be the biggest voices of change and getting murdered. Yeah, you know, by our government. By our <laughs> like, government. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. I think that's the that's the point of uh, I think that's how you're supposed to feel. Right. I think that's how you should feel. But it's just uh it's a lot. Yeah, I found it interesting that um you know, his his fiance Deborah Johnson like goes on to be very politically active afterwards. Yeah, like, and his and his son does yeah, as well. Yeah. And she like goes on to change her name and yeah, and and she names her son after him. Is he's Fred Junior? And yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, at at least like he has a legacy that lives on, and you know, at this point in twenty twenty one, like we you know, we we have the facts presented in 
multi-million dollar project for HBO Max, but, uh, you know, in, that's worth something, but I mean, it's not worth, it doesn't change the past, it doesn't change how, it doesn't make me feel any less like we're that much far forward, right? you know? Yeah. Especially like, you know, just, a, you know, a few months ago we had the leader of our country, you know, trying to paint similar pictures of Antifa and Black Lives Matter as like, you know, terrorist groups. It's just like, it's all, it's just the same shit, you know? Yeah. It's just the, the descent of disinformation and, or descent through disinformation. It's just Yeah, it's, it's also kind of that, that continued argument of uh, resistance and protest being an effective or ineffective way of making change happen. And you're sort of like all these like major changes through the civil rights movement came because of actual physical protest. So then to, you know, right now have things like black lives matter be trying to do the same thing. You're sort of like, no, this is the same. There are good things to come out of this. Yeah, you, know, you but, don't see the effects of it immediately, right? Yeah, but. or just like that it can get <clears throat> painted as violent or, you know, yeah. anti-government or anti-police, but it doesn't necessarily mean that every single part of that is. it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this we're not going to be able to examine as closely until you're out of it or a few years on from it. But Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the current, like, movements of our time are remembered or shaped up. Um, but yeah, I even, you know, I think about when uh, there's a Black Lives Matter protest in Poughkeepsie and someone wrote an article that there were, like, bricks being thrown when that didn't happen at all and stuff like yeah. that, you know, where it's like, all right. <laughs> you know, it's it's still, you know, this, this spread of disinformation and, and to try and position other people as the issue. It's just not... It's not good, D. It's not good, damn it. It's not great. It's bad. I, I need to eat an ice cube. Okay? All right. Excuse, excuse a little me. crunch on the mic. I have I have no water. My my voice is getting. Ah. Okay. I hear you. I fucked up. It's okay. Yeah. Excuse my ice chewing. Ice chewing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Delicious. The uh, some of the minor cast that I quite enjoyed. Yes. Were like the two young dudes that were friends that one of them gets shot and ends up in the hospital. Mm. Uh, the the guy who does not end up in the hospital is in Detroit with Jesse Plemons, which was also very good. And I did not see that. And I recommend it. It's a uh, Catherine Bigelow. It's it's a good movie. It's also a stress. It's a stress case. It's it's not yeah. a peaceful movie to watch, but it's very good. Um and I didn't pick up on this, but the the actor that is shot and ends up in the hospital and ends up dying, uh, Mike pointed out to me, is the actor that plays the high school age kid in Moonlight. Plays like oh, the middle, the middle age, not the youngest, not the oldest. So I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't even recognize him. But then once he said that, I was like, oh, I do recognize him. So that was cool. Uh, this guy. Yeah. That is that guy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Damn. So I think it was it was kind of cool to see some of these younger up and coming actors in this film. They were good. I enjoyed them. 
And yeah, I feel like those were the ones that really stood out for me. Also, like maybe that whole sequence where uh, Fred Hampton goes to have like tea or coffee with the mom of the kid that died. Yeah, it's like that whole thing is is really intense and then also comforting. But then like it's really sad and like that character and other characters that are older, like parent age being in the thick of it when they're kind of showing uh, them getting attacked by the police is like so intense, just like them getting shot and then being made to get up and walk around and like humiliated and and smacked around. And and you're just like, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, having not known how this movie historically was supposed to end when I first started it, you know, it's all building to, to this moment. Right. And and you're meeting all these characters who are going to be in this final shootout and they're fleshing out and, and teaching you who all these people are right. who just, you know, in a matter of minutes get decimated by the FBI and the, by the end of the movie. And the fact that it's not it's not a shootout, like it's not that fight no, they, that is earlier. They fired one shot, yeah, right? The fact that inadvertently from getting shot. Exactly. And it's it the fact that it happened at when they were all asleep, the that he was drugged, you know, all these things are yeah. things that you may or may not have known. I didn't know. So I like that hit that much harder at the end because you're like, oh, he wasn't in the midst of some like shootout from a building, you know, yeah. gunned up and ready. They, they didn't instigate this violence, yeah. right? They weren't they weren't. It was it was, you know, it was an assassination. Right. I, I want to know more about the guy who gave Lakeith Stanfield the uh, the the sleepy dust. Yeah, what's that guy's deal? I don't know. We don't talk about that guy. Yeah, he's just kind of like Mister Mysterious gives him a vial of powder stuff. Yeah, he's like, all right, well, use it. See you. <laughs> see you later. Yeah, and also, um, oh, I I just I just thought of something and then it, it came and it went, but it'll come back. Um, it came and it has gone. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, that scene only took me out of the movie a little bit because it felt so movie-y. Yeah, being in the bar. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, and then, you know, it gives him his own badge by the end of it. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, if he was this, like, other informant, the FBI gave him this badge that could be like, this is the guy you got to talk to. That's how he knows how he looks right. like. Right. But it just, it all it all fell, it fell into place a little, like, very neatly. Yeah. Um, And it just took me out of the historical drama of the movie a little bit to be easily swayed with just yeah you know someone giving me more context being like no this this, that's who that's this is and this is how right like all right yeah all right and i know there was some like dispute historically whether or not he actually slipped him any drugs but then yeah but then there is like a couple there was like an fbi autopsy and a non-fbi autopsy and the non-fbi person was like no he totally had been drugged. He definitely had this in there. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, he... <laughs> well, I believe that. I believe that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Damn. But, uh, sad movie, but good movie. Sad movie, but good movie. Uh, well, D, do you have any other things you'd like to bring up about Judas and the Black Messiah? Check it out. Yeah, no. Go see it. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Well, hopefully, if you listen to this much of the podcast, <laughs> you have already seen it. <laughs> if not, then you yeah, everything we said sounds pretty good, so you should check it out. Yeah, I do think you know we we spent less time talking about spoilers of the movie, but more talking about like 
the the way history makes us feel bad. Yeah. Um, and that's good, too. <laughs> but sometimes it's good um, to feel bad because it makes you think about things that you wouldn't normally. I think it. I think you're right, Dee. I think it is sometimes <laughs> good to feel bad. And then you can go watch something um, else that's more lighthearted after. The Snyder Cut, or uh, <laughs> or that uh, that fun Harley Quinn show. Oh yeah, that's on HBO Max. I like that show a lot. That if uh, if we're talking HBO Max, at some point you well, you should watch We Are Who We Are. That was very good. We are who we are. That's the okay. that's the Luca Guadagnino directed, uh, you know, mini series. But it's it's like a it's like little movies. It's enjoyable. It's good. Ooh, I do. I love movies, but small. Small. Yeah, I like that. It's good. And the music in yeah. that is also very good. Yeah. Well, he has good taste. Yes. Anything you know, he, him and uh, Sufjan. Oh yeah. Sufjan, Sufjan, some boys. <laughs> That's always yeah, good. Yeah, that was very good. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I I also, Mike just finished watching The Third Day, which I had watched and Byrne had highly recommended. Also very good. Okay, cool. That's a, that's a mini series. I think it's only like six episodes. <coughs> Quasi-religious. Also just like mythology. Queasy religious. Queasy, Queasy religious. Queasy religious. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've really watched anything that new. We finished our top 10 list. Uh, check them out, storiesandvegan.com. And I think I was like, I need to not watch anything new for weeks. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I did watch Minari, and I did the hot take on Minari, and that I, Dang! I love that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to you guys talk about Minari, because I really enjoyed that movie. That movie's great. The movie is great. That movie's good. Yeah. There's a lot of good movies out right now. Uh, D, you and I, for the next few weeks, are going to be podcast buddies yeah uh, i'm into it we'll be on the wandavision episode and then we're gonna be talking about nomad land i'm nomad's land nomad land nomad nomad land yeah nomad i'm uh i'm looking forward to talking about that one with you i think that's gonna be an interesting one i've got i've got a lot of thoughts on that one for sure we do like that chloe zhao and yeah yeah good stuff so i do like all those things yes they all they all come together they're all good. They're all good. All right. Well, Dee, thank you for joining Thanks me. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And listeners, thank you for listening. As you know, we're not the only podcast on StoryScreenBeacon.com. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. <laughs> we have a members-only uh, feed where you can find even more content if you can't get enough from the the one that we give the plebs, the free shit. You want you want to give us the you want the premium shit, the special stuff. Talk about the the John the Carpenter we're not allowed to talk about the Steven Spielberg, all <coughs> kinds of good boy, stuff. All the things. all the things. So you know, go go over there to find us. Talk about even more niche cinema, and it's it's a bargain. <laughs> it's only five dollars a month, man. It's just five dollars, and it helps us do even more crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, please support us by uh, getting yourself a cocktail if you're in the Beacon, New York area, and going to Wonder Bar. Um, there's a lot of really good food and drinks and it's really cool in there. You can take an Instagram picture and look like you're a fancy bitch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go look like, go look like a fancy bitch, dad. Um, and if you're a dad, you can, if you're just any dad, you can still go there. Um, you don't have to just be mine. So yeah, go do all those things. (laughs) 
Go do all those things. Have a great time. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Peace out.